Blur it up, blur it up. Welcome to the show where we talk about nerd culture from a BPOV, a black POV. You can find us on Facebook at B-L-E-R-D-U-P. You can find us on Instagram at B-L-E-R-D period U-P. We are on Twitter at B-L-E-R-D-U. Catch us on Blurred.com, our partner's awesome website full of great nerdy content from a black cultural lens. I'm your host, Brendan, and I'm here with Mel, uh, the Joker. You want to know how I got these scars? Talk about it. Yeah, so I dyed my hair and I made a mistake. It's not supposed to be this color, <laughs> but I'm rocking with it because, you know, natural hair girls, you know you can't just be dyeing your hair this is the every time, day in a week. This yeah. is the time where I want us to do video. Yeah, no, that's. I'm very happy that we're not. So, yeah, I look, it was meant to be... A uh, nice dark blue, but it's kind of an ashy green. Ashy green. Yeah, it. it, it this is not what I wanted. But put that. Know. Put mm-hmm. that on on the bag. <laughs> they really should, because yeah, this didn't go the way. That it navy meant blue to be. and ashy green. Yeah. No. So yeah. So I'm. I'm. Not, I'm. Hey, I'm rocking it though. I'm working with what I have. Hey, had. you mm-hmm. look wonderful as always. Thank you. Said the blind. And you, you sound wonderful. <laughs> we're glad you're back. Yeah. What up, y'all? Hi. Yeah. So today, y'all, we're going to talk about The Invisible Man. Mm-hmm. We're going to get caught up on Castlevania Season 3. We got some crazy controversy in Korea with some uh, black appropriation. And uh, we got our first fan question to talk about. Yeah. yeah. So without further ado, let's get started. The Invisible Man. So for those who forgot, Universal tried to pull kind of a a marvel with their monsters. Uh, it was a Dracula. It was a Dracula Untold or something like that. Did they actually do the Dracula one? It came out. Oh, I don't. I didn't. I don't think I ever saw it. But I did of see course. the Mummy. Yeah. With, with well, Tom nobody Cruise. ever saw it. Yeah. With Tom Cruise, was it? That How was, was that? Awful. It was pretty bad. I mean, I'm not a huge Tom Cruise fan anyway, and that was just. T- I I fell asleep. So I kind of like fell asleep. I woke up and it was just Tom Cruise running from beasts, sure. and I fell back asleep. When like, is he it not was running? Bad. Yeah, basically. Mm-hmm. He's like running in his dreams too. Probably. But yeah, those two came out and they weren't hits. And no. so <laughs> apparently apparently there was going to be a um a Frankenstein and the Bride film with Javier Bardem. Javier that? Bardem, yeah. And Angelina Jolie. That would have been that's a great idea, but not with who's making it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then there was going to be a Johnny Depp movie who was going to play the Invisible Man, and mm-hmm. I'd wager it was be more like the traditional story than yeah. what we have. Uh, today, Jason Blumhouse was brought in to make standalone films as opposed to this whole universe. He brought in Leigh Whannell, who wrote and directed Upgrade. Did you see that movie? I did. Yeah, it wasn't bad. Yeah, it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. It was very brutal. Yeah, it was. It was a little much at times, but it was a really good concept, and he's a good director. Absolutely. And he wrote and directed this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you said, he's, he's a good director. Mm-hmm. I think he did a great job on this movie even if some of the plot choices were a little questionable, but we'll get into that later on. Yes, we will. But first off, <laughs> I just see your face. <laughs> I'm hey, look. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. <laughs> so first off, this isn't your typical horror film. Um, like the original book by H.G. Wells, there's science fiction, but this film is also a thriller, and there's a bit of noir in there as well. There is. And just uh, emotional drama. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, the basic premise is a woman escapes her abusive partner and goes to a friend's place. She soon learns that her partner is dead, but mysterious things start happening to her, and she begins to suspect that her 
ex-partner is behind it all. Mm -hmm. The original Invisible Man, a scientist figures out how to become invisible, but he starts becoming affected like uh, the Joker and develops develops these thoughts of terror. This remake is grounded in domestic abuse and in the era of Me Too and around the same time that Harvey Weinstein finally gets some kind of justice uh i thought this was really this really hit for mm, me yeah i mean it there's that's one of the better aspects of the film it really does a very good job of communicating the terror of being in a relationship with an abusive partner for sure and the aftermath of that it's not like you leave and everything is puppies and roses yeah it's, you know there's a lot of emotional work that goes into leaving a, an abusive relationship and staying out of one that's a good point she she left and even before this craziness kicked off. She mm-hmm. was afraid to even leave the house, even exactly. to go get mail from the mailbox. Mm-hmm. She had that much trauma, PTSD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The first 10 minutes are her leaving, and it's there's no dialogue. It's just... But you really get a palpable sense of how scared she is and how awful this relationship must be. I mean, what's her bucket? Uh, Elizabeth Moss mm-hmm. acts her behind off in that first 10 minutes of the movie. Totally. I was genuinely terrified for her. Yeah. That changed, but yeah. I mean, literally... The first scene is her just leaving the house. Her partner is asleep. Mm-hmm. And you don't know anything about this person. He hasn't talked. He hasn't moved. You don't know anything. But she's that terrified. Mm-hmm. And you're that terrified for mm-hmm. her that it already kind of establishes a little bit about this character. And there's really good visual storytelling as well. Like oh, yeah. That the house they're in is gorgeous. It's interesting because it's such a good use of beautiful surroundings to tell an ugly story. Ooh. It's a beautiful house, but it's also really cold, really clinical, lots of sharp edges. It's dark. It's there's something really just not right in the corners of it. And it's it's a, he's it Lee Wanell is a great director hmm. and a great visual director. Maybe not a great writer, but a really good director. So he does a very good job of telling you the story visually. Yeah, you're like this guy is super rich. Like mm-hmm. what's so bad about this that you're that you have to leave and you're that terrified of this man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what has he done? You know, uh, A Quiet Place came out. Did it come out last year or two years ago? I forgot. Two years ago, I want to say? I don't remember. It's 2020? Two years ago. Yeah. I think they did a good job. Again, you know, it was kind of like a short, silent film. It did really well with, with uh, mm-hmm. the sound. It was very effective in that first opening shot, too. Yeah. For sure. I just want to get back to the point of just grounding this in, in domestic abuse. It's... Sometimes, just like The Mummy or Dracula, they just rehash the story. But there are some creatives who who try to modernize these things. You know, one of my favorite Marvel films is The Winter Soldier. Mm, true. So, you know, Cap, Cap's an old old man. It's an old story, but they mm-hmm. ground that story in the Patriot Act. Yeah, right? yeah that's true. these parallels. Yeah. I think I've said this before, but mm-hmm. I hated that movie in the cinema. And then when I went and watched it again later... I, tisk, it's tisk, actually tisk. really good. I was I don't I don't love the character of Captain America, so tisk, I was tisk, just tisk. predisposed to dislike it. Okay. But then when I watched it again later, I was like, oh, actually, if I take this out of Marvel and mm-hmm. make it just a good thriller, like it's a good spy, action movie, a it's thriller. actually really yeah, good. It's, good. it's a great spy thriller. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know, not everything needs to be grounded in the new era. You know, we don't need Simba singing "I Just Can't Wait to Be King" on TikTok or something. But like, it would have been better than the movie. True. Maybe. Who knows? Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Invisible Man had the right idea. So let's get to the actual of course, content itself. So a lot of the horror and the tension comes from the stillness of the movie. The camera just 
sits there sometimes and it moves slowly around in that empty space it's like you you know he's there mm-hmm. but you don't know where and when he'll strike and what he's going to do and yeah. that was just super effective for me very effective it it puts you in the same terror she is she knows he's there right. but she doesn't know where right. or what he's going to do she just knows he's somewhere there and sometimes she has no idea but because we're behind the camera we're privy to know that that there's something there mm-hmm. even though we think we have a little bit up on her we really don't right yeah mm-hmm. so yeah right there with her how did you feel about us not really getting to know her partner before the horror started like do you think that was effective for you or or would you have liked to have known a little more about him i don't think he i i think he was just meant to be it's like a monster movie in the most traditional sense of the word you don't really need to know the monster's backstory Mm -hmm. it can be helpful if you want to tell that kind of nuanced story Mm -hmm. but i think you found out everything you needed to know about him it was a bit one-dimensional but I think it was okay because there were so many other things going on in the film. It really was meant to be about her, and I think that was effective. Yeah, they gave some some exposition. Mm-hmm. Ex- they gave some exposition to talk about who he was, mm-hmm. so that helped out for sure. And it came from mm-hmm. two different people. Yeah, yeah, but I think it makes it more effective in a way to know the monster through other people's eyes. Mm-hmm. Usually I don't like when a character is only defined by other people's opinions of him, but mm-hmm. this just made him that much scarier. Sometimes what you don't know is more disturbing than what you know. And all you know is that this guy is creepy and manipulative, and it kind of goes with this sort of, I don't want to say trend, but it's very popular now for people to talk about emotional health and narcissism and manipulation and like setting boundaries, all of these things. So it kind of goes into that as well because... Mm-hmm. All of those things come from an, from the understanding that you don't necessarily need to know a person's motivations to create distance from them. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Elizabeth Moss, as you said, did a great job in this film. She did. She's a great actress. I, I've only seen her in this and Us, so I can't really comment. I haven't oh, seen right. Handmaid Tale, so. Right. She Well, okay. She was in Mad Men first. and she was, she was great in Mad Men. Mm-hmm. I love Mad Men. Mm-hmm. but And she was great in that. Then she was in Handmaid's Tale. Then she was, of course, in Us mm-hmm. and this. But the thing about Elizabeth Moss, she's a great actress, but she's kind of unintentionally become the patron saint of white feminism on screen. Mm. Um, she always kind of plays these roles that are very much about empowering women, but white women, because the people of color who are in, who are counterparts to her in her films always seem to suffer, except for in us. It's kind of a subversion in us. But in Mad Men, she's uh, this young upstart white ad exec. Well, she starts as a secretary. She becomes an ad executive. Mm -hmm. She's got a black secretary who gets screwed over through no real fault of her own, but just because in order for her to go up, somebody else has to go down. Mm -hmm. Um, So she's having this wonderful progressive life and it's all this wonderful feminist struggle, but uh, it's somebody else's suffering. Basically, she's doing it on the backs of of women darker than her. Mm. Um, Same thing in Handmaid's Tale, which is basically American horror story, white feminism. I have such beef with that show. And then this is the same thing. The most adult person in this movie is a black child. Uh, Whereas Elizabeth Moss' character, she acts it beautifully, but the character herself is really undercapable and weak in a lot of ways and not particularly adult. And the most adult person, the, the person who gets the most stuff done is a black child 
which I found interesting. Yeah. Good movie, but that sort of undercoating to it, I was kind of like really. I, I would say the uh, I would say the black people, and let's get true. to them because okay, I, I like the supporting cast. I did too. We had Aldous Hodge, who was MC Ren from Straight Outta Compton. Yep, the poor man's Anthony Mackie. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just like an upgrade. There was the poor man's Tom Hardy was right. the star. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Guess what? I know has a has a thing for, for like yeah, he, B yeah. B listers. He has to buy the Costco brand actors. But ho, but yo, this dude was ripped. I mean, yeah. he, was, he was like, "Yo, man, invisible," but I ain't. No kidding. I mean, he had muscles on his muscles. Even um, I was I was listening to the, to the Double Toaster review, mm. and they were talking about he had muscles in his eyes. He just when he was <laughs> when he was angry or scared, like his eyes just Ugh. bulged out like a like, like a fish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was very good in the role, but yeah, he was. Great. Yeah, he was I think he did a good job. He's in a very aggro body, but he played the role with a certain amount of gentleness and humor that I like. He liked. did. He yeah. really did. Mm-hmm. It was like this huge bodybuilder. It's mm-hmm. like, I'm a cop. And I'm like, really? Like, Yeah, exactly. I mean, I could see maybe firefighter. Yeah. But like, you're a, you're a cop with, yeah, exactly. with, with this? Like, okay. I, mean, I guess. Yeah. But, you know, he was, he was a great father, mm-hmm. really loving father, tried to be a good friend mm-hmm. and, and partner. So I, I, I really liked his role for sure. Mm-hmm. Daughter was great. Uh, Storm was, uh, Storm Reed. Reed. What Storm is she Reed. in? Uh, I can't remember. I've seen her in other stuff before. I can't. I'll remember in a second. Keep going. Mm-hmm. She's almost like young, Z- 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 young Zendaya. Zendaya. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Uh-huh. She's got a really distinctive look, and she was very good in the film. She's who I was referring to before in terms of the most capable person right. being a black child. There's a couple of points where uh, Elizabeth Moss, Elizabeth Moss's character. What is her name in the film? Cecilia. Yeah, Cecilia is doing stuff she just doesn't know how to do anything for herself essentially she does stuff and storm reed comes out of nowhere and she's you know a 16 year old kid and she's you know adulting really hard on behalf of her friend cecilia which i kind of find i don't know it was just interesting to see that sort of uh what is she in she's in a wrinkle in time that's it i was Mm -hmm. about to pull that out and slight we didn't get a chance i didn't get a chance to see this movie but slight Slight? was slight was a um it was an indie film about a a black child with telekinetic powers. Oh no, I never saw that. Yeah, I never saw it either. I heard it wasn't that great, mm-hmm. but I do want to check it out. Mm-hmm, okay, well, yeah, but I mean, she was great in the film, but I just didn't. I didn't love the way that role was written. I didn't love the contrast there. Again, it seems like in every film Elizabeth Moss is in, a black woman has to take care of her. So I don't like it. It just is. It's weird undercoating. Mm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just she had a sister. I forgot her sister's name. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, and that was another weird part of undercoating. Like, the tough white woman is dating the big muscular black man and she kicks his ass. And I'm just like, oh, come on. This yeah. is so stereotypical. Yeah. I mean, we could have done better here. But they weren't in it too much. But yeah. and they, I mean, it wasn't offensive. It was just like, okay, sure. Overall, I mean, mm-hmm. I definitely liked the black characters more than yeah. the sister. Oh, and totally. because you like them, it it's really heartbreaking because as the film goes on, Adrian, who is mm-hmm. the crazy partner, does things to the characters that make Cecilia look crazy, and in turn they push her away, and she gets further isolated. Mm-hmm. He's really trying to destroy her life piece mm-hmm. by piece, yeah, and and even make her feel crazy. As yeah, well. it's a, again, it's a great illustration of kind of gaslighting and the sort oh, of yeah. you know, because I think it can be when you're in a difficult situation like that, in an abusive or very emotionally unhealthy situation like that, it can be really difficult to explain what happened because you really do feel crazy if you're not a creepy vindictive gaslighting dickhead then you don't know how those people function so it's hard to describe that without sounding crazy yeah Mm -hmm. 
I mean, you, you can have a situation where everyone knows the guy. I'm like, oh man, he's so nice. Yeah, exactly. how, could, how could you say he's that? He's so rich. He's so well, not just rich, but he's just a nice guy to to me. He's mm-hmm. nice to my my friends. How can mm-hmm. how can you say these things about him? Mm-hmm. But now, this person is completely invisible. Mm-hmm. So it makes it even worse. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's an, it's an effective device. Yeah, this I think this movie largely works if. <clears throat> <laughs> If you buy into the crux of the movie, which is, in my opinion, difficult to do. Are we announcing spoilers? It doesn't really matter. I mean, if you've seen The Invisible Man, you kind of know what happens. If any version of The Invisible Man, you know what's going to happen here. This isn't really a big spoiler. Yeah. He's not really dead, okay? He yeah. is invisible. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> I mean, we knew that. So, <laughs> yeah. But it's not mm-hmm. so much of a chemical thing like it was in the in the original yeah. book. It was and, a or, or Hollow Man yeah. or mm-hmm. the... Um, 1933 film. Yeah. Yeah, he's 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 rich. He he creates a suit. And yeah, like the dude's rich, he's smart. You learn later that he's decent looking. Mm-hmm. He can get anybody, any woman he wants. Mm-hmm. So yet, my problem number 1, he chose Elizabeth Moss. Okay, this is my other thing. This is again why I'm kind of like she's the patron saint of white feminism because there's this really unique combination of hubris and victimization. Like I'm not special, but I'm so special. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he chose her as his life partner, not just yeah. like, you know, I got drunk and this just thing happened. Like, he chose to spend, he to want to spend his life with her. But on the flip side of that, I mean, there's no accounting for taste, number sure. one. And then number two, you know, people often choose victims or people often choose people to be in relationships like that in order, uh, based on how compatible they are with their emotional stuff not necessarily based on looks or anything else i mean she does seem like a kind of a nothing marshmallow of a woman it feels like twilight where it's like this supermodel Mm -hmm. vampire dude chooses this plain jane vanilla woman Mm -hmm. yeah totally but at the same time well true but the difference is in twilight they don't admit he's an abusive person so you can see it more here he obviously chooses her i don't know if obviously is the right word but he chooses her because she's weak and can be manipulated in this way but see I don't think the movie gave her enough of a backstory to really mm-hmm. make that so. Like, sure. we didn't see how he came into her life and it changed her. I mean, obviously, yeah. like, she left her, his house mm-hmm. already well, damaged. And so true, I but, can't really say that's well, how she always was. You yeah, but I guess that's the thing. Did he change her? Or did he just kind of exploit what her natural personality already was like i don't know the thing is in abusive situations like that it's it often happens that way there's so many times i've seen yeah Mm -hmm. but i've also seen other chips where Mm -hmm. you come in strong and then you're broken down sure so sure sure but yeah Yeah. so that was my first problem is uh, you chose her and <laughs> very arrested development her you know it's like tony stark was a playboy he was, he's messing around with models but he mm-hmm. settled down with pepper mm-hmm. but pepper is still gwyneth paltrow and her <laughs> i mean she's still she's 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 attractive woman yeah i don't think it's necessarily about attractiveness i see what you're saying and i but, mean even she says it in the film why but, me but even the mm-hmm. movie i think with with mm-hmm. pepper Potts, the movie also developed her character mm-hmm to be a foil to Stark, so you understand why mm. he yeah, liked her. Yeah, there's a personality compatibility There was nothing, there. this movie, that I really like said mm. why she was special. There was an exhibition that talked about why he was bad, which was okay. Right. 
but you never really understand why they got together, yeah. except for the money, which is not necessarily a good reason. But I don't even know. Mm-hmm. Is that what she said, the money? Yeah, they kind of allude to it a few times. And her his brother says it a lot. So, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. But again, that could be... Totally, yeah, A exactly. sexist thing, too. You're, you're of here course, for his money. So, of course. So, again, mm-hmm. there's a lot of talk, but never a lot of... Yeah, not a lot of definition. But, again, right. I guess the focus of the film is just on her victimization. Mm-hmm. But, again, there's that weird hub- hubris that goes with it. Like, True. I'm amazing, but I'm not amazing. What? Pick one. <laughs> My second problem. Mm-hmm. After she leaves, he wastes all this time to torture her with experimental invisibility powers right and the other thing is he's rich he doesn't need to do all that he can he can he can afford to harass her he can hire a dude to harass her one other thing speaking of 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 experimental invisibility problems this dude is running around in a neoprene suit at all times nobody smells him Like really, he's just chilling in the ba- like in, in her bedroom, sitting in sitting in the corner in a sweat box, and she's not like. <laughs> well, to be fair, yeah. we don't know. I mean, come on. You know when when does he go to the bathroom? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like him wasting his time on all this, like with that, with his money, he could get a new wife, sister wives. He, his powers could help him do countless things if he mm-hmm. wanted to. Just the reasoning, the exposition is no woman has ever left him except for you. So it's this ego thing. And I'm just like, eh, that just really didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. But it was enough to kill the movie. Yeah. Because, I, again, the direction, the horror mm-hmm. was so good. Right. The thrills were so good. Sure. But that was a nitpick. It was, it, it almost killed it for me. That and then just kind of the dumb decisions that were made continually. The there third just, act yeah. was where it started to go downhill for me. I mean, movie logic is a thing, okay? Mm-hmm. And like, so, you know, you always suspend a certain amount of disbelief, but the problem is this movie logic wasn't just about suspension of disbelief. It was kind of nonsensical, which is why I think that Lee Whannell is a good director, but not a great writer. What did you call this? You said this movie should be called... Oh, yeah. <sighs> okay. So the alternate title for this movie should be That Dumb Ho, because it's like, what are you doing? There's so many stupid decisions she makes. She She's just such an incapable... Like, you, I get your Twilight comparison, because mm-hmm. she's so incapable and so... Just there's nothing to her at all. Like she's she's setting things on fire. She doesn't know how to do anything. She's like this weak, snivelly jellyfish of a woman with no real personality of her own. Even to the point there's a point where she goes for a job interview. Oh yeah. And it's just and the guy's like hitting on her and I'm like, she looks like she just crawled out of an egg. Like she's just so there's nothing to her at all as yeah. a person except for fear and victimization, which again, I get what they were trying to do, mm-hmm. but it's really hard to root for her. Um, I so you know, coronavirus is still a thing, so I went and saw this at 10 a.m. yesterday, and I was the only person in the theater because nobody goes out anymore. Mm-hmm. And I had a great time in that giant theater yelling at the screen by myself. This is in the trailer, so mm-hmm. this is not really a spoiler, but. She goes into the attic, mm-hmm. and that's the scene in the trailer where she kind of throws the paint on, and and you and she catches yeah. him in on the ladder. Mm-hmm. But she goes up in the attic because she thinks he's there. So you already know that this guy's invisible, and he can physically overpower mm-hmm. you, and you choose to go in the attic mm-hmm. by yourself. Yeah, like what you gonna do? You almost just set the house on fire. Well, sort of, but you know, yeah. But you're just going to go up there with a flashlight and your good name? There were scenes where she just actively went after him. Mm-hmm. And she 
has nothing. It wasn't like she acquired mm. thermal goggles or something mm. to track him down. It was just there was some third act. Yeah, was it just really gets worse weird. and worse and worse. It really does. I mean, at first you're kind of like, okay, so she's just, you kind of go with it at first because you're thinking, okay, she's been so beaten down by this relationship. She's had all these problems. But the farther it goes, you're like, no, she's just dumb. Yeah. Like, what? she's just not, she has no abilities. And the what again, what highlights it is the fact that Storm Reed is always saving her butt. And yeah, it's just, it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Storm Reed has way more sense than she does and she's 16. Let's just get to the to the end here. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I gotta talk about this one thing that okay. I didn't like. So we talked about the attic. Yeah. There was one scene where you know how these how these films be. I gotta get into a secret room. Let me find the password, and the password is just this ridiculous. This is what I mean. Hubris, hubris, and victimization. I'm not special, but I'm so special. Ugh. If you see it, you know what we're talking. Yeah. What we're talking Ugh. about. Let me just cl- mm-hmm. let me just close it out. Mm-hmm. Overall. I thought the horror worked in this film. Mm-hmm. The cast was good. I really appreciate, again, the anchoring of the film in a very relevant social issue. Mm-hmm. I was definitely entertained throughout, but there were some plot choices, especially near the end, mm-hmm. that started taking out the film. Right. And so for that, I'm leaning towards a... What's our, what's our rating skill this time? Mm, I don't want to use uh, ho... No, as, as a man. don't, don't no, use we'll, ho. No, don't, don't use that. ho. I, I shouldn't have said ho either, but she's a dumb ho. Anyway. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, so uh, what was it? Dumb decisions? Dumb decisions. Okay. I'm going to give this... Mm, I mean, the horror is really effective for me. Mm. I'm going to give it a very low four out of five dumb decisions. Okay. Very low. All right, okay. Three and a half? Three point seven five. It's like between there, yeah. yeah. Okay. Like I still recommend it for the theater. I think mm-hmm. I think the actual theater experience mm-hmm. was was very good. The sound, everything mm-hmm. was good. Yeah, it's a beautifully made film. It's mm-hmm. well, really well shot. It's really well directed. Yeah. There's good performances. It started out really strong. I was really into it to the point where there's something a little bit scary that happens at the beginning, and I was like, oh, I don't want to watch this. This is too much for me to watch by myself. But as the film progresses, I began to yell at the screen and throw popcorn. Uh, so I would give it maybe a two and a half or three dumb decisions out of five. It's There's good points to it. It's entertaining, mm-hmm. but it is not brilliant by any means. Yeah, three, three and a half. That's, mm-hmm. that's about right. I land with the two. Apparently, uh, Winnell wants to do a reboot of Dracula. And he wants to do a showing off more of his psychotic, uh, sadistic side. I think they need to leave Dracula alone for a minute. Did you see the recent BBC miniseries of Dracula? No. Oh, that was so weird. So I heard it was weird like a little so campy, camp. but a little... It was yeah. very campy and very weird and way out there. They just need to leave Dracula alone for a minute. <laughs> do the Wolfman. We haven't had a Wolfman in a while. Sure, I'd, I'd, I'd be into that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Do you want to do a spoiler thing or no? Oh, uh, yeah, we can do a real quick spoiler Really quick. Thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, again, if you haven't seen... If you, uh, Okay, if you haven't seen this film, come back in maybe mm, five, seven minutes. We're not going to spend yeah, too much time yeah, on this. I'm going to talk about this quick. Mm-hmm. All right, three, two, mm-hmm. one. When me and Marquita saw this movie mm-hmm. together, right as soon as she killed him mm-hmm. and and went down to get to like take the mask off, mm-hmm. I, I would I go over. I was like, "That's the brother," and she was like. No. And I was, then all of a sudden it was like, <laughs> boom. And I was uh-huh. like, I told you. Mm-hmm. 
That was so predictable to me. Yeah. It was predictable, but also it was stupid because then you're like, so I'm supposed to believe that she's been in and out of that house and he's been hiding and that he's been chained. How do you orchestrate that? I mean, yeah. honestly. That was that was Yeah. Silly. And it was just, uh, they were so, yeah, that was not great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, her final Thanatos Gambit at the end was very contrived. I mean, I was with it. Mm-hmm. My whole thing is... How did Adrian not know his suit was missing? Exactly. Because it's like, dude, like, we've been swapping suits or something like that. I would or, assume, yeah. So, like, but, yeah. If you're wearing this sweaty ass suit forever, you're mm-hmm. just going to casually just give it to your brother and it's like, here, wear this. Yeah, he, you don't, he, and, yeah. he wouldn't ask, oh, where's, where's, where's the other one? Yeah, exactly. And you, when you go down to your basement, I mean, the suit's invisible, but you can still feel it. And or you go it, in there and it it's not there. It could have some tracking. I mean, who knows? Mm-hmm. It could have tracking on it. Yeah, like exactly. Mm-hmm. GPS. Right, yeah. But, but get a big magnet. I don't know. But, you know, there's got to be a way to you find it. You easily scan it. Also, her hiding house. place was garbage. Yes. It was just a drawer. Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah, that was dumb to me. And who's? how did she know how to work the suit? She, she, you, you don't just put it on and, like, it did, works, did, I would did assume. Did she just type in her birthday again or uh, Yeah, something? right, exactly. This is for Cecilia. Right, exactly. And also, he was, I don't know, like, this was sort of this weird, sort of creepy, incel fantasy guy of a dude, who because he gives that whole speech, no woman's, my hand is shaking, no one's ever seen my hand shake like you, and it was like, this is who, is this your king? Yeah, you I fell mean, for this dude, really? you fell for, for I mean, her, I mean, I guess, maybe y'all deserve maybe each other? Yes. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, really? to say that. <laughs> I gotta say, when he cut his sister's throat, that was... I that was, was sad. Yeah, that was I shocking. Was, that was sad. Yeah, she wasn't really, a great character. That shocked me. But that's the other thing that I that didn't really turn all the way around for me. The email. So, well, no. Yeah, well, the email's part of it. Okay, so you've got this woman who mm-hmm. is so scared. She's scared of her own shadow. She won't leave the house to go check the mail in the front, uh, in the front of the, the mailbox in mm-hmm. front of the house. Um, you know that she's been deeply victimized. Mm-hmm. You know that she's been in all of this pain and trauma and... All of a sudden, she starts doing things really out of character, like kicking your daughter in the head and sending mean, vindictive emails that are like pages long about how much you don't want to see. And you don't stop and say, what's really going on here? You just totally abandon her? Yeah. I mean, even that you- That doesn't make sense. We aren't like best friends, but, mm-hmm. we're, but we're cool. Yeah. But if you just out the blue just sent me some hate mail- mm-hmm. For no reason. Yeah, you'd I'm be like, like, dude, are you okay? Yeah, like, exactly. You'd be like, what's, what's going, going on? on? Exactly. Are you, are you hacked? Like, yeah, exactly. So, but the sister just believes it. She like, like slams, value, yeah, yeah, slams the door on her. Like, yeah, was, what was, was, was your relationship was right? It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. All right, anything else? Because we're, we're no, like, yeah, we got time. we got loads of stuff to do. So dude. let's keep going. But yeah, I mean, eh, it's okay. See it if you really want to see. If you really like this kind of movie, if you love thrillers, go see it. Okay, Castlevania. In my opinion, again, we're, we are going to spoil this. Yeah, we're so, going. Yeah, we're just going to jump right in with spoilers. Yeah, season three, Castlevania. Season one, season two, season three. Hmm, how does this one stack up? So yeah, again, in my opinion, I think this had some fun and epic parts, mm-hmm. but I think this was the worst season. It was very slow. It picked up enough towards the end, so I mean, it was all right, but it was so. It took so long to set up. I don't think it was just slow. It was scattered. Um, season one was short and mm-hmm. it established the characters and the world mm-hmm. and you got excited for things to come mm-hmm. and then season two brought it all together with an epic I mean that fight mm-hmm. with uh, Alucard and Dracula, Dracula was, was amazing. amazing yes and mm-hmm. it was surprisingly emotional mm-hmm. in the end um, 
But for this one, there were kind of four plot lines, mm-hmm. Trevor and Sypha and St. Germain. Yeah. Uh, Isaac, uh, Samurai Jack's arc. Um, <laughs> yeah. The, the vampire sisters and Hector mm-hmm. and Alucard and the two hunters. I forgot the name. Sumi and Taka. Yeah. Mm-hmm. After the first episode or two, I was interested to see how they were going to connect them all together. Mm-hmm. But they as we got closer, do. yeah, this never yeah. reached anything. Mm-hmm. And the whole season feels like set up for season four. Yes. Which, okay, if you've played the games, you kind of see what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, this is not the games. No. Right? The other thing is, okay, so Dracula was such a huge and heavy presence in season one and two. So season three, they decided to go without a big bad because there were so many. I think it was it's difficult to replace somebody with the cultural and just in-show presence of Dracula. Mm. Okay. Fair enough. But I see why they did it that way, but I didn't necessarily love it, where you've got all these scattered stories with kind of mini villains in each story Mm -hmm. instead of just having one overarching... Because the story is meant to be about good versus evil at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. and this fragmented it too much for it to be effective. No, you're totally right. It's, you know, we were really big on Watchmen, Mm -hmm. and it would be like if Watchmen kept that same scattered storyline for all... Yeah. Episodes, you yeah, know, if let's, never, if nothing, let's yeah. check mm-hmm. in with Angela, let's check in with Agent Blake, let's check mm-hmm. in with Ozzy, what's he doing? And they just kept that scattered thing out for the whole show and right. never brought it together. It would be like if Watchmen had the, the, the aluminum foil sewer diving guy in every single episode, and then you never find out who he is. Or find out who anybody is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, um, some shows benefit from that slow drip of episodes like Watchmen. Mm-hmm. It gives you time to ponder. Mm-hmm. Some shows benefit from being bingeable, like BoJack or the Marvel TV shows, mm-hmm. but this Not, latest yeah. season is different from all of it, and mm-hmm. it's like it would benefit from just the entire series being released. I think one yeah. and two were great, mm-hmm. but three, three neat. It feels like half half a season. It does, and it feels like half of a not very well plotted out season. That's the problem because totally. it doesn't have any natural resolution really. It's all right. It's it's watchable, and there's some really good moments in the last two episodes. I would mm-hmm. say there's it's really interesting to watch by then, but it takes such a long time to get there. It's entertaining. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the only art that really gets resolved is with Trevor and Sypha, but they Does don't really, really? change. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. they, they go to a town. Mm-hmm. There's there's a mystery problem in the town, mm-hmm. and they fix the problem. Like right. that's that's yeah. the arc. Mm-hmm. They don't change his characters, right. but they do fix the problem. Right. Fair um, enough. I think that I, final yeah. battle was pretty fun. Yeah. Um, Saifa, she was like straight firebending. She's badass. She's badass. Yeah. I really dude. like what they've done with her on the show. The way that she like she shredded that flying monster with, with her mm-hmm. icicles. Yeah, that Ooh. was dope. She's, yeah. She was, she's badass. She's I, my favorite yeah, character. I enjoyed watching her. Um, Alucard is whatever, although he seems to kind of, his power levels are inconsistent. He kind of, he can like blow somebody up with fire in one minute and then the next minute he's, you know, being batted around by something tiny. Ah, what's, what's he doing? I don't know. We're going to get to him. Not Alucard. Uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Belmont. Sorry. Oh, yeah, Belmont. yeah. Yeah. Alucard, on the other hand, you kind of get, he's crippled himself by trying so hard not to be his father. Let's get there. Okay. We'll get there a little later. Okay. A little bit later. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Uh, other cool scenes from that, that arc. Trevor and the double whips. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. Mm-hmm. The double mm-hmm. fire, mm-hmm. fire whips there. I've always had a hard time wrapping my head around Trevor Belmont as a character. I mean, he he's meant to be an anti-hero hero. He's but a rogue. It, yeah, he's a know. rogue. It, it's an interesting character. Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. But he's got to be honestly my least favorite part of the series, game or TV. How do you feel about Hector as the vampire slave? 
So you know Hector's the protagonist of one of the games, right? I I think so. Yeah, Hector, yeah he, no, he is. Okay. Yeah, Hector is the protagonist of one of the games. He's one of the heroes at some point, much later than these series occur. Was it the yeah. GBA game? I think I want to say so. it's the GBA game. I think I, I think remember right. reading yeah. about uh, that. I think you're right, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess that this is, a, if they're going to follow through with the character arc from the games, I guess this is set up for that. But, okay. Again, Hector's entire character arc could be summed up as that dumb hoe. What is he doing? What is he doing? I Ugh. mean, I, I just, mean, I can't, mm-hmm. I can't blame him, man. I can, because listen, you got the power to bring things. You've been living with the vampires for how long? You've got the power to bring all these things back from the dead. You know what you're dealing with. D- come on. <laughs> I mean, he was he was tortured, yeah, true. dragged around, true, true. starving, yeah. and she was like, "Yo, she was let nice me give you him. some some mm-hmm. food. I'm being nice, even though you tried I to kill it. me. I'm cool. Yeah, like, don't it. worry yeah, about yeah. it, bruh. Mm-hmm. And then I'm a I'm gonna give it up for you. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I mean, oh man, I I like I mean, Lenore. Yeah. She was my second favorite character, really? actually. I yeah, I just thought you know she was so sweet and harmless, and but then she was like, "No, nah, brother, I will fuck you up." I like that, that. Which was clear from the beginning. I mean, she had a plan from the start. You just didn't know what it was. But but, but she was cool about it. She's like, mm-hmm. guys, I'll don't worry. Because mm-hmm. the way that, here's the thing. The way they introduced her, they were mm-hmm. like, oh, remember that time where you, uh, was it a rat broke its leg and you ran around the, the castle trying, trying to find a mm-hmm. small splint for it? So it made it appear mm-hmm. like she was super nice. Mm, yeah, okay. So Fair there enough. wasn't. But they're still vampires. No, you're right. But, I mean, Alcor is a vampire, and Dracula's a vampire, but he behaved not, I mean, until they killed okay. his wife. Yeah. He seemed pretty okay. chill. Yeah, I see what you're saying. So mm-hmm. the way they introduced her, I was like, oh, no, no, she's cool. You know, maybe mm-hmm. she'll, I mean, of course, she's her intention is to get him mm-hmm. to their side, but yeah. I didn't see her doing what she did. Yeah, yeah. Because I was true. like, true. Yeah. You, you probably could have just had him just true at that point. I mean. True, but. She's a vampire. Cruelty is her real drug, isn't it? I mean... Which reminds me, I did have... I kept thinking to myself, every time the vampires came on screen, that weird sisterhood of vampires, who's dressing them? Because I don't know what vampire sits back and is just like, you know what would make a bitch look deadly? Neck ruffles. Should I wear one or 17? Like, what is going on with their fashion choices, really? But who gonna check me, boo? This is true. This is very true. Um... The true and, once again, emotional arc is with Alucard. Of course. Um, so let's get there. We find him going crazy in his castle, talking to himself, and he takes on these two teens. Mm-hmm. But that went absolutely nowhere. Uh, it was heartbreaking to see him crying on the floor mm-hmm. after he, he killed them. Yeah. But what a weird twist where yeah. they're like, it's time for your reward. And I thought they were going to, you know, make him a cake or something. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah hey, totally. Hey, there was sit down. No... We're going to, like, you know, make, yeah. you, make you dinner this time. Yeah, or... exactly. Like, there was no real precursor to that. I think they were just like, oh, nobody's been naked in two episodes. Okay, hurry up. Let's just draw it. Like, what? Yeah, it was weird. That was the whole sex episode. It was like mm-hmm. him and him and, and, and those kids. Mm-hmm. And they're kids, too. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the other thing. Ooh, that, that was I, very, I just thought yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, they're, that's they're, the other they're thing. They're like teenagers, and he's yeah. like some... Old, how old is this dude at this point? Like you said, Twilight. Yeah. Ooh, ooh. That was gross. And then, of course, it's it's, it's Lenore and Hector in the same seat, the same episode. That was like the sex episode, Mm -hmm. the sex episode. Yeah. So we have. Yeah, and it was none of it was very good sex because it was it was all like ultimately leading to violence and slavery it was and 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 just and now just cringy pedophilia. pedophilia. Mm -hmm. Gross, gross. Yeah. 
But yeah, it was and it was sort of a strange plot device. I yeah. think they could have done that without this. Well, maybe okay. Hector and Lenore, the sex scene made sense in the yes. in the context of the story. You kind of knew where that was leading. Yeah. But with uh, Sumi Taka and Alucard, it was sort of out of nowhere. Like, yeah. It's what? like our master seems so lonely. He's teaching us how to fight. Let's fuck him. Like yeah. what? Like, and wait a minute. Are they related? That's the thing. I thought they were a couple. I I thought yeah, they I were a sure couple. I wasn't sure if they were a couple or a brother it. and sister. Like that was real weird. They looked s- similar, but mm-hmm. I think they came into it as a couple. Okay, that makes it marginally better, but not by much. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was really weird. Mm. Really it weird. Didn't. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, it didn't really add a whole lot. I think they're trying to rush making Alucard. Again, this all feels like set up for season four. Right. And I think they're trying to rush making Alucard the villain because, of course, in season four, what's going to have to happen is Belmont and Silva. Silva? How do you say her Saifa. name? Saifa. Belmont and Saifa are going to have to come back and kill Alucard. And that's going to be the big emotional resonance of season four. Maybe. I, I think it'll be more like Trevor and Saifa are like, do we need you out here because these vampire sisters are, are, are going to mm-hmm. take over this mm-hmm. place and he's gonna be like fuck y'all and then they're gonna try to have to like coax him and you know convince mm-hmm. him to help help out with humanity again that's that's my take maybe yeah yeah uh, but, but again but he is sitting on a mm-hmm. magical castle and all course. the Belmont knowledge so that's... yeah of course but and again Alucard is the villain in one of the games so if they're gonna follow then they're gonna have to do that is he villain in the game I mean he is, I, he is. I, I, in I thought, one of the later games just, just the protagonist I think he becomes a villain later on okay mm-hmm. Man, you, you know more than me on this. Yeah, these just, the, the, this was like old Commodore era game, so those I know. <laughs> it just seems like this theme of the show is mm-hmm. trust and faith being unrewarded. True. Um, the the prior believed in resurrecting Dracula, and they mm-hmm. got wiped out. Alucard tries to trust humans, and they almost killed him. Isaac tries to believe in people, mm-hmm. but he keeps getting pushed back. We gotta we gotta talk about Isaac though. I have to be honest, I kind of liked him. Okay. Yes and no. I, I thought my man was Jay tripping. Oh, yeah? He shows up at a port with 50 night creatures. Like, <laughs> it seems my ship has left. Let me pass through your town. I mean you no harm. And then he gets pissed off that they won't let him through. I'm like, dude, your things kill humans, women and children, brutally mm-hmm. eat them every day. And we're mm-hmm. supposed to just take you at your word that you're just going to yeah. walk through our neighborhood mm-hmm. and not do anything mm-hmm. and then he gets pissed off it's like we're supposed to feel sympathy for him now like in season two they did a good job of explaining why he feels the way he feels mm-hmm. but in this in this one he's like i have these crazy monsters and you won't let me pass ah, i'm so tired of these humans they're they're mm-hmm. so unfair and i'm like dude you are yeah well, you are tripping yeah, totally there's that great scene in one of the I think it's either the last or the penultimate episode where his night creatures are killing everything and he finally says, oh, kill all the people, leave the buildings. There will be more, no more violence today. And it's just like, yeah, he's tripping. But he's, he's crazy. But it's he's interesting. He's a lot more interesting than many of the other characters. Imagine, you kind of do want to... I wanted to see him come back on screen where there I were do. points where I was like, other, with Hector, everybody else, I kind of got bored of them, especially Belmont and Saifa. Saifa. I got bored of them at some points. But him, I was always like, oh, what's he doing? Because he's crazy. Like, he was interesting. I wanted Saifa for the action, but she wasn't mm-hmm. really... She didn't do much character. until the end, yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, just you know, imagine 50 people in white hoods show mm-hmm. up at a neighborhood in Atlanta like, our bus just left. We mean you no harm. And they're this arm to the teeth. Let us pass, Nick. Uh, um, I mean, <laughs> and, then, and then they're like, we're trying to be nice here. 
but you people are so fucking rude. <laughs> Kill them all. I'm like, dude, like, how can you expect? How about 50 Japanese people show up in, in a Seoul neighborhood with Imperial uniforms on and Too guns? Too far. <laughs> Moving on. Oh, my gosh. You are so fucking rude. Stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, yeah, that... I think his scenes were cool. Um, specifically, uh, his lapse, and he, he he told the night creatures to go bring him fresh material. Mm-hmm. That whole scene where he's just stabbing people, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. people that they throw at him, mm-hmm. that was really cool. Um, the battle with that weird old man, I wish that yeah. could have gotten a little more yeah, background I wish that for had, him. Yeah, because they kind of built it up, but then they didn't talk about it for like three episodes. So by the time he's actually killing the magician, you're like, oh yeah, the magician, I forgot. And, and he's mm-hmm. just sitting there like... <laughs> yeah, it was real some, weird. He's yeah. really this creepy dude. That was very, yeah, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. Um, he stabbed a man in the back of the head and his eyeball popped out. Yeah. Like this this show is brutal. It's but really gory. But, but there's some ways that they they're very creative about it's not Mm -hmm. just a shot in the heart or a shot in the head it's like Mm -hmm. these off-center attacks Mm -hmm. like one of the one of the crazier scenes was when sumi and taka were forced to watch Mm -hmm. that hunter fight the japanese vampire leader yes Uh uh-huh that was brutal yeah she was just she was just breaking him down yeah all the blood is very i mean Again, it's brutal, but it's an interesting kind of brutality. It reminds me a little bit of Devil Man Crybaby, where it's just mm. like there's a lot of real gross stuff, but mm-hmm. it's so artistically rendered that yeah. you're like, well, okay. But in the end, oh, oh yeah, that that fight when he fights the old man and mm-hmm. and that ball of humans fall from the sky, like my mouth dropped at that scene. Yeah, that was weird. I think that was somebody said that that was a call out, call back to Horde, which I don't know, but maybe it was. I don't know. Okay. Mm-hmm. But with Isaac, as crazy as he is, mm-hmm. we were kind of thinking maybe he's going to change, have a change of heart. But he just ends up mm-hmm. back in the same place he started. Mm. And so that was kind of boring to me. Mm-hmm. True. I was wrong. Alucard doesn't become a villain. Somebody else does, though, and I can't remember who. Yeah, I was like, mm-hmm. he's... Yeah, he's, he's always a protagonist, but yeah. always in varying kind of... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of which, if you don't know, Castlevania mm-hmm. Symphony of the Night, the best Castlevania, is out on mobile now. Is it? Yep. Wow. They, they dropped it like a, a surprise release when the hmm. show came out mm-hmm. last week. So yeah, check it out. Okay. Once cool. I get a new phone, maybe I'll 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 download it. Yeah, that's gonna be a thing. Okay. <laughs> um, is there anything else you want to talk about? As far as Castlevania goes, nah, I think we're good. So yeah, I mean, l- l- we're looking forward to mm-hmm. the season four to get yeah, this all resolved. Yeah, because I think season does. four will probably be pretty good. For me, I think it's season two, season one, season three right oh, now oh, for, for sure. ranking. Yeah, for sure. season three is not the best, but it was watchable. It yeah. was interesting. Yeah. Mhm. Speaking of scary. <clears throat> Last month, during Black History Month, a Korean production team announced a Tupac biopic musical. Bio-musical? Bio-musical with an all-Korean cast. Mm -hmm. According to All K-Pop, so you can can find this on All K-Pop. I also looked up on Neck Shark as well. Mm -hmm. KK, I'm sorry, KK, hopefully not. (laughs) KNK's Insung. Mm-hmm. to make musical debut as Tupac Shakur in sole production of biographical All Eyes on Me. Mm-hmm. There is nothing about that title that isn't controversial. <laughs> this sounds, this is, ooh, let's get into it. Yeah. Named after, I'm, I'm quoting from, from the article, named after the rapper's 1996 studio album All Eyes on Me, 
is a biographical hip-hop musical that follows Tupac Shakur's rise to fame, success, and death. The musical was written by playwright Sung Jung Wan and composer Kim Min Su, and will be its very first run since creation. Mm-hmm. Insung says, this is my first challenge as a musical actor, so I'm nervous and excited. I am learning a lot from the more experienced musical actors. I am diligently preparing so I can reveal a good performance. If this is your debut, why are you starting out with Tupac? Okay, so uh, I got some. I do some stuff in the Korean entertainment industry, so I've got some insider information if you'd like to hear it. Oh, of course. Okay, so first of all, this is a tiny, tiny theater. Okay. Who basically they commissioned this particular production because they really are just that big a fan of of '90s hip hop. Mm-hmm. So. While they definitely didn't mean any disrespect, I also think they didn't think the optics through carefully because no. their circles are 155% Korean. Okay. So when I was asking, so when this, when I first heard about this, I saw an Instagram post about it from, because I follow the theater on Instagram actually, because mm-hmm. they've done some other stuff that's really cool, but they're a tiny, tiny theater. And I think this is their first like full scale production. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, well, I saw it and I thought, hmm, that could be interesting. What are they going to do? The next time I saw it was in a post on BSSK. For those who don't know, which that is, means... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go yeah. ahead, you can... Which is Brothers and Sisters of South Korea, which is just a big Facebook group for everybody black in Korea. Mm-hmm. And it, the, the post was furious, talking about cultural appropriation, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Okay. I kind of looked at some of the... I went to... So there's only one person in that entire cast and crew who speaks English. Yeah. He's from New York and he was hired specifically to as a cuz he's a Korean American rapper. He was hired specifically to come over here and beat Tupac in this musical. He's the only one who speaks English. And I don't think he was aware. This is the problem. When I don't think we realize that a lot of Korean people do not ever interact with any real people who are not Korean. Mm. Maybe in media, sure. But a lot of, I mean, every year I ask my students, when's the first time you met a black person? And it maybe every year I got the answer, you, until about two years ago. Mm. So, and especially in the art scene, because there are so many tiny little theaters here, mm-hmm. in Seoul specifically, there's so many tiny little theaters here. Now, I'm not saying this to justify anything. I'm just trying to give some context so right. you understand where these people are coming from, okay? Here's the other thing. This is not the first time that this has happened. There are lots of Korean shows that are based on uh properties of people who are not or the lives and stories and music of people who are not Korean but they cast all Koreans this one just got the press that it did because this New York rapper is in it and he start, he was promoting it a little bit in English in English language circles and because they actually are doing a lot of promotion for this on Instagram they did the bodyguard here they did the bodyguard and that was in Korean too right it was, it was all in Korean Whitney Houston's part was played by a Korean woman in a really terrible afro wig Ooh. they did Aida here right and Aida was pl- I actually posted about that in BSSK Aida yeah, was played was by a Korean woman in dark makeup with a long box braided wig now where it gets tricky is that I don't think this is where I don't think that these people understand mm-hmm. 
And when I say these people, I don't mean it like a you people way. I mean these people in terms of the people who wrote and produced this play. Mm -hmm. I don't think that this particular production company, this theater, these actors, necessarily understand how important a cultural property Tupac and Biggie are to black American people. Mm. I think they they really are genuinely big fans. Mm -hmm. But I don't think they understand how important this is to black people. I don't think they I don't think that there's an understanding of that. So when you go back and look, because this New York rapper, I can't remember his name right now. If you go back and look at his Instagram and his Twitter, he has been engaging with the English because he's the only one in that cast and crew who speaks any Yun, English. Yun B or Yun B? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So right. mm -hmm. I just want to correct you really quick. Mm -hmm. Yun B's not playing Tupac, That's he's, right. playing he's playing Biggie. Biggie. That's right. He's playing no. Biggie, right. Okay, sorry. Okay. Um but yeah, so he guess it's that the uh, other Korean rapper who's playing Tupac. Mm -hmm. But He's the only one who speaks any English at all. So most of this cast and crew has no idea of this firestorm. And he's still insensitive. Well, I don't think he was. I don't think he understood what he was stepping into. And also, he's just so he's just a Korean American rapper from New York. He, I don't think he understands. I don't think he knew what he was getting into. But you're right. He is being insensitive. But I think it's because he's being expected to run public relations on this in English, and he has no idea what he's doing. Sure. So sure. he's just responding like a rapper from New York. So, you know, so there's get, a lot of, yeah. Mm -hmm. I just want to read his quotes really quick. Yeah, sure. I put it mm -hmm. in the notes here. He said, quote, why are a lot of black folks mad about an Asian person portraying a black character in a musical if the musical is not racist or if the musical's intentions mm -hmm. is to portray the struggles of black peoples, mm -hmm. the black race in a positive light and bring awareness to the culture of hip hop, you know, mm -hmm. the roots of hip hop. He continued, urging people to really try to, you know, understand where the musical is coming from. If the director of the musical, if the company that curated the musical didn't respect black culture or didn't love hip-hop, they wouldn't have made it. Mm -hmm. It's a Korean musical meant for a Korean audience with a Korean cast. Mm -hmm. If the musical was in the States, then he could see why they had a problem. At the end of the day, it is with good intent, with positive intentions. Again, I can see where he's coming from. Because that's what they do in Korea. Right. Does it for does, does it make them yeah. right? It does. Yeah. But that's but that's right. been the standard for years. Sure. You almost never see if you see a production of a play that is about black people in Korea that has black people in it. It's an overseas cast who's here on tour. Right. Locally produced plays are almost always 100 percent Korea because the art scene here is a really there's a really sharp division mm -hmm. between expat artists and Korean artists. Mm -hmm. There's a really sharp division, and the two almost never meet in the middle. Um, there's really different worlds. Um, so when people are saying things like, why couldn't you hire a, fluent, a black person fluent in Korean? First of all, find me one. There's, I can think of three black men that I know who are fluent in Korean, like fully fluent in Korean in the entertainment industry here, and none of them can rap. <laughs> right? So there's that. Right. But okay, mm -hmm. on that note though, mm -hmm. how is rap going to work? Are they going to mm -hmm. are they going to rap? They're going to have an all all Korean dialogue mm -hmm. and they're going to bust into the musical parts like Well, I I'm really California curious about it. I'm really curious about it. And I'll be honest, I've been thinking about cuz I've got some connections, so I'm thinking about reaching out and seeing if I can get tickets to the production to see it. Let's do this. Because I really want to see it because I I'm also again, I can see, I can see all the sides of this. Mhm. Mm 
I it's it it could be definitely construed as offensive, but I also see where they're coming from because they aren't expecting that this isn't a production for black people. Uh, the way I explained it, when mm-hmm. so when I first saw the poster of Aida with that woman, she it was the weirdest thing because it was I hate that poster. Yeah. yeah, so she had it was this this very obviously Korean woman with like a really dark makeup on, like mm-hmm. almost blackface level makeup mm-hmm. and a box braid wig, but she's also wearing blue contacts, which I thought was kind of hilarious. Um, but I was walking past with a Korean friend and I busted up laughing when I saw it. And he was like, why is that funny? Why is that funny? It's just a Korean woman playing this role. And I'm like, OK, imagine this. Right. Imagine that there is a American production of Jang Gum, who's like this famous Korean chef lady. They made there was a really famous Korean drama about her many years ago. But mm-hmm. she was like this this chef in the courts of the king and whatnot. Right. And imagine that the lady playing her is a black woman. A very visibly, very obviously black woman. And imagine that for her scenes, she wears an, uh, a hanbok made out of kente cloth and a long, black, terrible wig. And he was like, ha, 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 that's what, oh, oh, yeah, okay, I get it now. <laughs> right? And that's the thing. I don't think that it's, there's not that, un, there's not that level of cultural nuance and understanding mm. here. So... That's part of it, but I'm gonna reach out and see if I can get tickets, and if so, go with me because no, I want to. Yeah, because I want. I, I can, like I said, I can see all the sides of this, but I'm also really, as a creator myself, and people often listen to my ideas and like that must be racist. Well, no, you haven't seen it yet. You haven't read it yet. You have to figure it out, right? Like the, you have to get into it before you assume that something is racist or sexist. Actually, see what it is. I'm not saying this isn't perhaps very racist, but I want to see what they do with it before mm. I really pass any judgment. Right. Mm-hmm. You could be maliciously racist you can be ignorantly racist mm-hmm. of course yeah. and you can still be mm-hmm. ign- ignorantly racist and mm-hmm. have good intentions yeah. i mean my kids call me mr mm-hmm. chocolate oh, it doesn't geez. mean like they're yeah. they're trying mm-hmm. to make me feel bad yeah exactly and i think the other thing is i for it this could uh, this theater actually it's a tiny little theater they haven't done a lot but they've got a quite good reputation mm-hmm. so i do wonder um i didn't see aida i did see the bodyguard that was terrible um i do, it might be because this is really an art theater and they have gone to the trouble to try and bring in some other influence, even if they didn't bring in black folk. Um, it, it might actually not be bad. They might have done something completely different with it. Who knows? I want to see it before I pass judgment. Can you rap California Love and Korean Force? Can they rap California Love and Korean Force? <laughs> I, I did a direct translation. I oh, wanna, no. I want to I want to tempt this. Oh, no. And I want to see if, no. if you can do it, too. Oh, no. <laughs> What have I gotten myself into, sir? No, no, no. Let's. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> California는 파리하는 oh, 법을 알고서 이 도시에서 Compton 위 도시. Not not bad, huh? Here you you try that. You're better than I am. Ah, uh, no, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> I will let I will bow to your expertise on this. Next up, yeah. Next mm-hmm. up, I got seven more of these. No, oh, I, no, no I'm, I'm joking. No, I'm joking. no, no, I'm joking. No. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, I, the thing is, I also I get the impression. Okay, so that's the other thing is that the content. So again, this this one guy who speaks English, mm-hmm. this rapper guy, he doesn't. He speaks English, but mm-hmm. he's not the PR guy. He was just hired to come over here and be in the show. He's not even from Korea. Mm-hmm. He's just he's Korean American, mm-hmm. so he doesn't know all the nuances. So a lot of the stuff he's saying, if you go and you look on the Korean speaking, uh, the the actual Korean. Uh, what do you call it? The Korean uh, social media and mm-hmm. read what the director and the production manager and the other actors are saying. 
I get the impression that this is a tribute. This is not, they're not trying to reproduce the the actual raps or anything like that. Apparently it's a remake mm-hmm. of was Rapper's Paradise. I read it in a mm-hmm. tweet or something like that. But mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're trying to talk mm-hmm. more, not necessarily about his music, but mm-hmm. more about the environment that he grew up in. Exactly, yeah. So they're going to also talk about racism and stuff. Yeah, which will be interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I heard that too. I really don't know. I really, I want to see what it's like before I, I say it's it's good or bad because I don't know. But I get the impression that they're not going to try and recreate the rapping part. As right. It might just be replaced with, with Korean hip hop, which would be hilarious. But I still want to see it before I actually pass any judgment on I, it. I mm-hmm. totally agree with you. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's it's certainly interesting though to see how vitriolic the response has been from the black community here. Mm. Uh, there's been petitions and whatnot. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I want to mm-hmm. get there. So there's yeah. a petition on Change.org titled mm-hmm. "Stop Production on Korean Casted Tupac Musical." Mm-hmm. Apparently, it's over three thousand signatures right mm-hmm. now, and the goal is five thousand mm-hmm. for the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I um. Okay, Nate, well, I have thoughts about that. Name me one time when a change.org petition has actually done anything in Korea. Oh, I mean, I made one to put Power Stone on the Switch, mm-hmm. but... Did it work? No. We'll see. Right, uh, the other thing is, I think Power Stone that, for Switch. Mm-hmm, and I get, there's been a lot of really interesting, there are a couple of people who are really engaging with this online, on mm-hmm. social media, and some of them are doing a wonderful job, and some folks are just coming in, all guns blazing, no pun or unfortunate application intended all guns blazing like you people are racists you can't do this how would you like it if i and it's just like yo this is not how you approach people right uh i mean if you want to fine but if you're gonna but you're not gonna get the results you're looking for if all you want to do is be mad don't be mad if people are mad back i again i got a little bit of kind of insider information about this and i know I don't know these people, but I know people who do know them. And they're like, yeah, of course. When I asked my friend who does know them, she was like, yeah, of course. They don't know anybody foreign. Mm. They've never met anybody foreign. The only person who's ever even probably met a black person like, and had a conversation is that guy from New York. And he's from New York, so you know what that means. And I was like, yeah, you're right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Are you enjoying this show, guys? I hope so. Are you inspired to perhaps be like Mel and Brendan to... Uh, do your own show? Mm-hmm. Well, please go to anchor.fm, A-N-C-H-O-R period F-M. They are our sponsor. They house all of our streaming platforms from Google Podcasts to Spotify. If you want to make money, you can actually work with them. Mm-hmm. You can download their app or go to their page online. Check them out. And with that said, we're almost done I want to go to our first fan question. Oh, yeah. So we received our first fan question, and it's from our biggest fan, Makita. And thank you for supporting us from the beginning. Yeah, thanks, girl. She asked, how did we all meet? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's an interesting question, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I never never thought that that was important to to listeners, but sure, Mm -hmm. why not? Yeah, because, I mean, I think it's obvious that we don't know each other well, but we know each other, and I'm sure people are curious about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I want to start with who I recruited first. And so I used to catch Doc Hurt and Draper at a restaurant down from my old apartment, Fat Cat. Mm. They were always talking about nerdy things, and mm-hmm. I'd kind of insert myself into the conversation sometimes. And when mm-hmm. I finally decided to do this show, I reached out and just simply asked them if they wanted to come on board. Mm-hmm. Um, Sky was next. Mm-hmm. I've known Sky for probably 
eight or nine years at this point. Mm. He's an amazing drummer, mm-hmm. and he he was in a band for Pinnacle the Hustler. Oh, okay. Um, and Pinnacle, for those who don't know, like our friend uh, Jack Zilla, um, he's a black expat here who started off one way and just kept evolving. He mm-hmm. was once pro- probably the biggest expat rapper in Korea. Yeah, that's right. Uh, that was when I first got here. Yeah. yeah, he was still a rapper. But now... Yeah, um, actually, me and Sky are in two of his music videos, mm-hmm. so look, look those up. But now he owns a, a cool bar, club, mm-hmm. event space in Itaewon called Hustle. So yeah. if you come to Seoul, check him out. Yeah, definitely. It's a cool spot. Yeah. Sky and I were always on the same page with the jokes and the nerd shit um, and politics. So mm-hmm. he's actually coming back this summer. Mm, yeah. I believe in July. So mm-hmm. I look forward to kicking it with him and mm-hmm. having him back on the show if he's yeah. if he's not busy. But of course, I didn't want Blurred Up to be dominated by men. And I was looking for women to add perspective Uh I reached out to some other ladies, but they couldn't do it for different reasons. Mm-hmm. And I think I saw Mel right after. Well, first, I think I saw Mel at various events, but we didn't yeah, really. The thing is, we bumped into each other yeah. a bunch of times. Like we knew who each other were, but we never really had like a long conversation. Mm-hmm. We kind of would bump into each other at random points in time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I came off of either doing the first show or preparing the for the first right show right before so the first show that i did with you guys was the coming to, coming america, to america show that was episode mm-hmm. three yeah mm-hmm. so yeah i i ran to her at a, at a pop-up at yeah. a mexican place pop-up and restaurant, yeah. i was telling mm-hmm. everyone about the show and she was like you know hey you mm-hmm. know do you want someone on i was like yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and you're like i can only do books and stuff and i was like well sure whatever yeah. mm-hmm. come on through and i really appreciate yeah. mel she's been really my my biggest anchor here on oh, the show thank you she's awesome I'm having fun with my nerd jokes. Yeah. yeah. You're definitely stretched me far beyond books. Do I ever talk about books on the show? You can. <laughs> you could rap in Korean for us. I'm so waiting for that. That is not a book. <laughs> right one. Moving on. <laughs> uh, Marquita. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I met Marquita at the watch party for us last right. year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's, you know, my kid's really cool. Um, mm-hmm. It sucks so we I don't, knew her, don't, and I kept, subge- I kept subge- suggesting that we add her because mm-hmm. I had gotten to know her a little bit and was kind of pleasantly surprised by how, like, deep in the blurred hustle she is. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She definitely is in more of, like, the gaming and cosplay side of things. Mm-hmm. I wish we had video for a show because she's always dressed dirty. Like, our last oh, yeah. show, she had a shirt with all the Pokeballs on it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I just appreciate her, her energy a lot. So. Mm-hmm. I look forward when she finally gets her gaming streaming thing going on. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that yeah. too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That should be cool. Shout out to Marquita. Come back to us soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. She just left. Yo, give her time. <laughs> no, she she said that in March. Her schedule's oh, a little different, right. so, so we may yeah. not be able to see oh, her until okay. April, depending. Oh, man. Okay. I, I don't know. Fair enough. We'll, we'll see. Well, we'll see. We'll okay. see. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you guys have a fan yeah. question about us, mm-hmm. about our takes on different things, mm-hmm. our own history, et cetera, like, let yeah. us know. Yep. Um, my email is bu at blurred.com mm-hmm. bu at b-l-e-r-d period c-o-m you also find us on facebook at b-l-e-r-d-u-p you find us on instagram at b-l-e-r-d period u-p and we're on twitter at b-l-e-r-d-u where can they find you they can find me on my book platform, believe it or not. Uh, it's at Equal Opportunity Reader on Instagram and Facebook. We've got some new things. I say we, like, it's not just me running it, it is. Uh, so, yeah, the royal we. Um, yeah, but there's some new stuff coming up soon. So, follow on Instagram and Facebook. New stuff. Sounds good. Yeah, doing some interesting things. I got to make a, a correction. On my last show, I thought that um, the Godzilla and Kong film comes out 
this month, but it apparently comes out in November, I believe. November, that's quite a change. Okay. Was yeah, it either, always meant to? Either I was either I was always wrong oh, or it got delayed must have or something. Delayed. I'm, I'm not sure. When is what's coming up next? Black Widow, right? Black Widow's in May. Mm-hmm. But I believe A Quiet Place comes out before that. A Quiet Place Two. Oh yeah, I I'm on the fence about that. You like yeah. number I, one? I love number one, but I don't. I'm not everything needs a sequel. I agree with yeah. you. Mm-hmm. We'll find out if it yeah, deserves this is that. True. This is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what's what's yeah. uh what's going on. We'll we'll always be here, and yeah, we'll update you guys something. on on this mm-hmm. crazy virus. Yeah, I mean, none of we're neither of us are dead yet. Neither yeah. of us have caught it yet that we yeah. know of. Um, it's a little. I, Korea's doing a really good job, though. I it mean, is. there's a lot of social distancing, which is why I can go to the movies and be the only person in the movie theater with everybody looking at me funny when I walk in. Um, oh, you know what? An update on my back. I actually, um, folks, I'm, I'm doing fine. Mm-hmm. I actually went to the gym for the first time uh, last uh, this past Tuesday, mm-hmm. so it's my second second day back. Yesterday, I'm feeling stronger, getting mm-hmm. getting good. So hopefully, I'll be back to normal good. within a month or so. Good, I think. Good. Yeah. Take it easy. Keep. Be careful. Eat, eat them gains, son. That the opposite of that. <laughs> the opposite of that. I'm not doing any <laughs> any backward. Okay. Good. I'm not squatting. Okay. I'm, I'm, I think like the trainer said, I have to cut out like seventy percent of my workout, so I can yeah. still do some things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or you know, not do some things. That'd be it's helpful. Been, it 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 helps with my mood and hey, stuff take too. Up, take up swimming. Swimming is good for your back. It's expensive here. Is it? I can't swim, so I don't know. Is it expensive? How's it expensive? If I wanted to get a membership to the gym across the street from my house that mm-hmm. only has that the only one that has the pool, mm-hmm. it's a thousand dollars a month. Not, I'm sorry, I'm tripping. A thousand dollars a year to do the gym and the pool. Whereas my regular gym, mm-hmm. which is like a five minute walk from my apartment, is mm-hmm. only six hundred bucks a year. year. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. So they said I could swim or cycle, and so I'm gonna choose cycling at. At the cheaper gym. Okay, fair enough, yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, all right. Well, speedy healing to you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, y'all. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace. I can't believe you Google translated California. (laughs) (sighs) Now that's much more offensive than Korean Tupac. (laughs) 